0: Seventeen weeks, four quarters, sixty minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL Chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And we know that the Ravens lose to the Indianapolis Colts 22-19 in overtime, which was a very, very, Ugly game to watch, particularly on offense, so let's start with the offense Cordell um sloppy I mean you were there at the stadium i I am not um home, so I don't know what the weather is like, but I do know that it was raining at one point, but it looked like that the rain had let up a little bit um and it felt like that the the Ravens absolutely started off with all the swag with all the momentum. Then Kenyon Drake, in his first carry as a Raven in 2023, um, gets a big gain, fumbles the ball, and it just felt like that this offense never really felt or found a rhythm after that fumble and that they had struggled ever since.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that fumble was a turning point in the game big time. And that
0: was super early, by the way.
1: I mean, it was a legit drive killer. Uh, not drive killer, but a a legit momentum killer for the Ravens offense. And um, you just can't have it. You you can't have it on a day where, granted, at that point, they didn't realize that their offense would kind of – Go into a rut from that point on, but that that's the type of thing that that causes that curve in the game out of nowhere. To be honest with you, leading up to that fumble, it felt like the Ravens were going to run the, Bing, the the Colts off the field. That that's it honestly felt that way. It, it, it felt like they were just going to blow them out, and this would be one that's put away early. Uh, but instead, you get the fumble inside, deep inside your own. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, deep in uh, the Colts territory which flips the game. And it's not like the Colts did anything overly impressive with the ball. They ran the ball down the Ravens throat today. And we'll talk more about that as we yeah. go on. Um, but that, that that turnover really changed the momentum of the game. And all of a sudden you get from the Ravens being able to pick up chunk yardage on the ground, picking up constant first downs. I mean, Early in the game, they were in a rhythm. They looked like the Ravens offense that we watched in Cincinnati last week. And just like clockwork, after that fumble, it looked like the Ravens offense we watched against the Texans. I mean, all (laughs) over again. Uh, That's that's honestly what it looked like. So um, not a good day for the offense in terms of execution. Uh, You got the fumble. You got Lamar fumbling again now for the third week in a row. Can't have that. Um, you've got Sam Mustafer bad snaps or f- false snaps, whatever you want to call it, on a third down. You just can't – it was so many times today where I'm watching the game and I'm just like, who am I watching? I mean, am I covering the Colts or am I covering the Ravens? Because yeah. – the way that the the Ravens' offense was looking, with all the miscommunications and all the the not executing and self inflicted wounds, is what I expected to see out of the Colts, who are yep. playing without their starting center, who's playing without their starting quarterback, who's playing without their starting running back. I'm thinking that this is what I'm going to see from them instead. Is what I got from the Ravens' offense. And look, uh, the the Colts, all in all. I, aren't a great team and i think that's the only reason why the ravens were able to get away with all the mishaps that they had today and still somehow find themselves in a position to win not only at the end of regulation but also in overtime multiple times that's not going to cut it against any above average team i believe in the nfl and so they they had that uh they had the ability to still still a win today because after a After a certain point in the game, it no longer became, okay. the Ravens are you know, that they're about to take this win or they're about to uh, go and get an easy win. It's no now. How can the Ravens steal this win? Because they've done everything in their power to give this game away. And ultimately, this is this is the NFL
0: and you only get with so many chances and the Ravens ran out of chances. You're absolutely right in that regard. Um, Listen, it it, it did not look pretty for them. Um, And it felt like in the second half, they started to try to come around and have a little bit of rhythm. They implemented more uh, run plays from Lamar and spreading, you know, the defense out by putting, you know, different uh, wide receivers and pass catchers on the field. But ultimately, like you said, it it just felt like as the game went on, the front seven for the Indianapolis Colts just got stronger and stronger. And it didn't feel like that the Ravens really had an answer for what that front seven was doing to that offensive line. I mean, Lamar was really under duress a lot of the game, but that is still no excuse. There were times when Lamar was throwing behind receivers, you know, just not getting to the ball accurate enough and i know that you had asked him about that question and what was well, his response well, it wasn't you? me
1: it was okay. uh, somebody else uh, okay ha- asked him about that yeah um and i'm sure like you were going to say you know he 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 felt like he wasn't throwing behind his receivers all game. And honestly, I didn't think he was either. I thought he threw that that late pass to Zay was definitely behind yeah, Zay. It was critical
0: moments, I think. Right. I think.
1: That's, that's more so what it was.
0: Yeah, it wasn't all day per se. Right. But in the moments when they needed to make a play, is when you saw it happen, Mm -hmm. right? So I can understand his confusion because it it appeared that when when he was asked the question, he answered it with a question like, I did? And maybe you didn't, but when they needed you to accurately get the ball to somebody to make a play, you just weren't able to do it. And, of course, this is not going to be all on Lamar. Again, this offensive line line, wasn't being, wasn't that great. McCarry was being abused. Oh, it was a bad day for him. Abused. And I am a fan of Patrick McCarry, and I think that he will be fine. Um, But ultimately that was the concern when we talked on the podcast last week in terms of this front seven, we knew that they had players. We knew that they had guys that was going to put the pressure on and they did just that. And so for me, it just really felt like They never really regained the momentum because they never really found a way to come up with another way in in terms of helping Lamar and keeping him clean and and making sure that he wasn't, you know, uh, he was going to be upright for the most part. In terms of, you know, the turnovers, you're right. I mean, this has to this is a problem. It has to stop. You already mentioned this is the third week in a row that Lamar has fumbled the ball and I don't know what's going on in terms of like why he's so careless. It reminds me of when he came in his rookie year in 2018, how he wasn't really able to hold on to the ball and he gotten better as the years went on. But now it feels like that there's some mechanics things that he's just going back to. Now, look, Again, that defensive front for the Indianapolis Colts definitely was putting pressure, but you got to hold on to the ball. That That is just fundamentally something you should know how to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, that one fumble that he had on the, which would have in the past been falling under the tuck rule. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, that, that, that one was, I've. I, that one I just think was more of maybe a little bit of the elements. Maybe it looked like a, maybe a slippery ball. It looked like he was going to pump fake and the ball he did pump goes, he out did. Him, goes out of his hands going forward. That, that one. I, I Okay. Whatever. You know, it, it, that's just kind of one of those freak plays, but you got to be able to take care of the football. Lamar knows that I, I, he, he knows that probably more than anybody, especially when he carries so much of the load offensively he's got to know that if anybody's got to take care of the ball it's him because more times than not he's the one with the ball um and and yeah Lamar was not there for them in some of those crucial plays which which was disappointing um for sure uh I thought he did a great job with his legs I mean really his legs was their offense today yeah. if you really look at it over 100 yards rushing he has the two I mean, yeah, 14 touchdowns. carries
0: 101 yards two touchdowns yeah
1: i mean that that that's the offense today he did throw a little over 200 yards uh through the air what 22 for 31 um definitely had some some bad balls in there for sure and i i really looked at this as a total team loss. I really did. everybody played a part and Lamar has his parts to where he played. And it's, I thought some of it was coaching. I thought some of it was guys not making plays. I mean, even, and we talk about crucial plays. I mean, Isaiah likely dropping a ball that's hitting him right in his sternum. I
0: mean, it's unacceptable. It it can't
1: happen on a day where you're on, where your offense isn't there. You get, somebody's got to make a play. Somebody's gotta make a play. And it just started to look a little bit to me that this was the Ravens of old, to where if eight isn't gonna make a play, nobody's gonna make it. it yeah. That's just what it that's what it felt like after a while. And uh I, I just I, I felt like that's just that's not who they wanna be. That's right. that's not who they wanna be anymore. That was the whole reason they went out and got all these new receivers, the whole reason they went out and got Todd Monk and to get away from the offense strictly being Lamar Jackson and whatever else we got that day, you know? And so um, that was just disappointing because today just felt like I was watching the Ravens offense that I was watching last year at various points, maybe a little better because last year's offense got, you know, it kind of hit rock bottom a little bit uh, as the season went on. But this this isn't what I'm you know, what I'm looking, and I'm sure Ravens fans aren't looking, aren't expecting this from this Todd Monken leg offense. Where's the creativity? Where's where's spreading the ball around? All that garden, every blade of grass was not there today. Lamar did not push the ball down the field at all today. He
0: didn't have the he didn't have that chance to he, really. He
1: didn't he didn't have the chance. And guys aren't breaking open. I'm watching the routes, you know, the guys aren't getting much separation down the field. Yeah. Um, and Lamar got to the point to where it's it, his legs are the play and, and and granted it was working for the most part offensively but they've got to be able to get more in a rhythm as Todd Monkin likes to say there was too much drag today there was yeah. too much drag in this game from the offensive line Patrick McCacquay got his lunch taken from him over there on that left side it was it was bad I mean it was it was, it was bad today was bad. and uh you got you got Sam Mustafer, we already talked about the bad snaps. Morgan Moses gets a couple of penalties. It, it's just, it's not what you need. And then you got the Kenyan Drake fumble that, that hurts you. That that's a momentum shifter. You got the, the, the drops from likely you, you, you just, you got the inaccurate passes uh from Lamar every now and then it's just, they just could not get on the same page today. And it's crazy because the Colts gave them chance after chance after chance. And I just thought that at some point I would watch, I I would just, I was, I just knew at some point it was going to be like, okay, this is a game that the Ravens should lose, but the Colts aren't good. And they're going to give them the game. And, the Ravens just didn't want to take it. That's what it ultimately came down to. I just I just felt like the Ravens did not want to win this game. They didn't play winning football, and I think when they go back and watch the film of this game, they're, they're going to be sick to their stomach on both sides of the ball.
0: I completely agree. And, and then one thing to know, or a couple things to know, you know, Gus Edwards um, left the game with – he was in concussion protocol, so we didn't see him much in, you know, the the – better half of the game um, allegedly apparently Rashad Bateman has also said that he had some tightness in his hamstring so the Ravens continue to deal with injuries um, as they're dealing with you know playing mediocre football and it's impacting them I think we're starting to see um, on the flip side on defense another situation where there's injuries that's impacting the play of this defense David Ajabo left early in the game with an ankle injury and we haven't we hadn't seen him for the rest of the game, so there's no away, there's no Ajabo. You don't have Tyus Bowser, who hasn't played, you know, this year yet. Um, so essentially, your pass rushers is down to one guy, huh. <laughs> one guy that is a vet that is in his early thirties. But mm-hmm. we know in the NFL, your early thirties is probably like sixty years old um and so that obviously played a role into you know them blitzing obviously they did use a lot of blitzes the good thing about that is that Kyle Hamilton obviously played really well today had three sacks was playing extremely high level, but that had to happen because you can't let Gardner Minshew get into a rhythm because he will find a guy, you know? And so they had to do that. Clowney essentially is the only other guy that they got over there that can, you know, rush the passer at any type of capacity. And so it worked until it didn't. Um, And then they just started getting the ball, you know, out quicker and moving the ball along. So the, the, Injuries just continue to impact what is going on in these Ravens games because the guys that are behind the guys that are being injured just aren't that good, quite frankly, Cordell.
1: Yeah, uh, too many injuries can, can hurt any team, and it's starting to get to that territory with the Ravens, and I feel like a broken record because it feels like every season we're talking about injuries with the Ravens, and. The the two go hand in hand, and that's not a good thing. Um, Rashad Bateman and his hamstring, he seemed to be in good spirits um when we talked to him in the locker room. So we'll see how that goes this week. If you're always holding your breath when it comes to him uh and the injuries, and he's still working his way back right now. He's not, you know, playing a full workload. Rashad Bateman isn't playing full starter reps right now, so this you would imagine will probably put a little damper on that. Uh, the Gus Edwards one sucks uh, for a lot of reasons, A, because he's a pivotal part of this backfield right now with uh, J.K. Dobbins out for the season, but also the fact that now if you you really need either Gus to hopefully be okay for next week, and we don't know how that'll go considering how the NFL has really started to tighten it up with the concussion protocol, um, either that or you need Justice Hill to be back for yeah. next Sunday coming off the toe injury. Because if not, the Ravens are probably going to have to sign yet another guy yep. off the street. And that's not what they want to do. Um, So we'll definitely have to see what happens there. Um, But, yeah, defensively, look, Kyle Hamilton had himself a day. I mean, he looked like he the best player on the field for yes. the Ravens, at least, looked like the best player for them. Three sacks all in the first half. I mean, you would think that at some point, Gardner Minshew would look for 14 on third down.
0: He did eventually, like into the the game when he needed to yeah. look. <laughs>
1: yeah, eventually he finally found him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kyle, I've talked a lot about him and how highly I think of him and how good of a blitzer he is. And he really showed it today. But I thought you got to see the full dynamic of Kyle Hamilton's game. You got to see him at all three levels. We saw him as a blitzer. We saw him go in at nickel. Uh, and we saw him as safety when Geno Stone had came. I mean, we you saw Kyle Hamilton all over the field. And that's exactly what they want with him. They want to be able to make him that ultimate chess piece on the defensive side of the ball. But outside of him, Clowney had some good rushes, like you mentioned. Not a lot to really talk about. I mean, Brandon Stevens, I thought, was pretty decent again today. Yeah. Had his moments. The dude is just not going to turn around for the – I mean, he, he's just not. It's just <laughs> amazing. He's not going to do it. And right. I guess in his mind, he would rather give up the play and make the tackle than turn around, try to make a play for the ball, and then take himself out of, the, out of position to be able to stop an even bigger play. I right. guess. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Um, but, yeah, the dude is just not going to turn around for the football. Outside of that, though, the Ravens got ran all over today. Yep. And I've been saying it. I think that this is the best kept secret about this Ravens defense is that they have trouble stopping the run. I said after the Bengals win that I thought the Bengals let them off the hook by Going one dimensional and 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 going strictly to the pass game. The Colts didn't do that. The Colts didn't do that. Zach Moss, 30 carries for 122 yards, also had the one touchdown through the air, which was a great pass from Gardner Minshew over Patrick Queen, who I thought was in great coverage on that play as well. Um, but Zach Moss gave them everything they could handle and then some. He's not going down off of any of those arm tackles. I saw a lot of arm tackles from Brent Urban. I saw a lot of arm tackles from like Matt Abike and those guys. He The first contact wasn't getting them down. So they got a little exposed today and that's not what you want to see considering they go to Cleveland next and all Cleveland loves to do is run the football, whether it's Nick Chubb, whether it's, uh, Jerome Ford or Kareem Hunt doesn't yeah. matter. You know, they, they, they're going to look to run the ball. So that's something that I think they need to get fixed really quickly. And again, this is what we talked about coming into the season, Rita, when we were talking about some of the veteran guys that have left the team, who would they miss the most? I think we both, I know I did, hey, but we, I we know did we,
0: we know who they miss.
1: Calais can't, we, we yep. said I want to see what it looks like in the middle with Calais Campbell, no longer there. And to be honest, I didn't, I un, unless I saw with my own two eyes, Justin Matabike running onto the field today, I wouldn't have known that he played. Because <laughs> I, I really didn't see the dude involved in much of anything today.
0: Yeah, it it really was. Uh, embarrassing at times in terms of, and Zach Moss, I believe had kind of exited the game two times and then ended up coming back in and still He's making impactful plays, good. particularly that one run and um, overtime, which led to them kicking the field goal. Ironically though, the the luck for the Colts kicker is typically the luck that we're used to seeing mm-hmm. from, from our guy, Justin Tucker. But, you know, listen, that sixty-one yarder, I, I really felt like maybe you punt that. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not here to argue it. I mean, it is what it is. But I felt like sixty-one yards. I'm not really sure if I'm going to do that. But that's just me. This is
1: the second week in a row now that they have fought, yeah, that you kind of questioned sending Tucker out there for one of what well, last
0: week it was fifty-nine. It was fifty-nine. It was yeah, sixty-one. Yeah. Yeah. And so listen, like. I, I think Justin Tucker is, is undoubtedly going to be a Hall of Famer. I think he's still going to be one of the greatest kickers. But we're, what we're not going to do is like act like Justin Tucker is not in his 11th season. He was brought on the team in twenty. 20- Okay, that was his rookie season. It is 2013, so maybe if if I'm doing the math right, that's this is actually his 12th season that he's entering. So he's yes, does he still have plenty of years left? Sure, but what we're what we have to start doing is taking account for him getting older at this point and. Figuring out when are the best situations to utilize Justin Tucker, I question when they used them in that moment. I also, so that's one special teams thing that I question. I also question the situation on special teams in terms of Zay Flowers being back there and fair catching it. And I know that Harbaugh talked about this and that there was some type of communication problem. But how do we get there? How is it a communication problem? And why is that the moment that you decide to use Zay Flowers with? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was there something going on with DuVernay that we don't know about at that moment? I
1: don't I don't believe so. OK, so yeah.
0: I, I don't know why you would do that. Why you felt that that was necessary in that moment? If that's a guy that typically doesn't do that, wouldn't you feel more comfortable using utilizing the guys that knows how to do those situations for special teams? I, I question that. And I got a problem with whoever's responsibility it was to communicate that with the person that was going out there. Yeah, I I, I felt
1: like, and and Harb, like you mentioned, Harb spoke about that and his explanation was that they had initially did tell Zay to do the fair catch. um, But after the safety, they went and reviewed the play to see when when the play actually should have been blown dead. They didn't initially blow it dead until... uh, Garner Minshew was literally sacked, but he had stepped out of the end, in the back of the end zone, which ended the play earlier than they actually blew the whistle. Right. So they went from what 157 or something like that on the clock to now to 203, was 203 yeah. on the clock. And now you're buying, you, you know, that, that essentially is you still have the two minute warning. Yep. Um, so initially sure. If you're going under the impression that there are less than two minutes left under the clock, I don't really have a problem with the fair catch because they only have one timeout. You are you should be able to kind of run the clock out, but once you see that they have now added the time, something's got to be done, right? You got to jump up on the sideline, you got to wave your hands. It can't just be oh, forget it, you know, let's just let it ride. Like, come on, man. I'm I'm not look, I understand that in football there are so many different plays that determine the outcome of the game. I'm never usually one to be like one play decided the game, but if I was one of that one of those guys, that play ultimately you could make the argument decided the game. I mean it it, co- it you can make the argument it cost the Ravens the game on that play because you gave the Colts an additional timeout and then your offense goes out there and I don't know what plays where they were even running at that point. They didn't look like a team that was, A, trying to get a first down, but, B, also, they didn't look like a team that was really trying to milk the clock out either. It was just weird. That that whole possession was weird. I want to say they only took 22 seconds off the clock on that drive. I have to go back and look, but uh, I believe that was the drive they only took 22 seconds off the clock on. So definitely not what you – want for the Ravens in late game execution because we're, again, we're used to seeing them be the ones to kind of shut the door. Like you said, Matt Gay had the Justin Tucker type of day. How many times have the Ravens lived off of the leg of Justin Tucker in a game? Matt Gay had four plus four, four 50 plus yard field goals in this game. That's usually Tucker's day. Um, So it, it, it really just came down to the Colts making fewer losing plays than the Ravens. That's honestly how I look at it.
0: I saw a a few people complaining um, on social media about um, the referees. And while I do think that it is a valid point because there's a face mask that wasn't Mm -hmm. called, obviously the fourth down play um, was a hold that was not called. And I think that it's valid. My, my thing is, is that we can't um, allow ourselves to get too caught up into letting refs dictate outcomes of games. Um, And so both things can be true. The refs did not do their jobs there and the refs for a while have struggled with Things like this, but also the Ravens have to do a better job of executing and finding ways to elongate drives and get them into either closer field goal range or, you know, scoring touchdowns. So while I think it's a valid conversation to have, I don't want people to get too caught up into that because that is not why they lost this game. They lost this game because. They clearly are a team that is still trying to figure some things out. They are clearly a team who is still struggling from all of the injuries that they're dealing with on both sides of the ball. And I think that that's a fair statement to say, and they, they have to figure out how to win without their players, without their star players. It's not going to be easy. It's not. But ultimately you have to beat the Indianapolis Colts of the NFL, you yeah. it, you have to find a way at home. Mm-hmm. At that, you have to, wait to find a way to beat the Colts at home.
1: And I, I mean, the Ravens, I've been saying it as well. They have not been overly sharp at home. I don't know what's going on with Price them the time. in Baltimore, but they have not been sharp at home. And you bring up the refs, and it wasn't a good day for the refs. Uh, Coach GM Chris Ballard said in front of me today in the press box, and. I, I think he is safe to say he he probably has his own issues with the way that the game was wrapped today, uh, as well along <laughs> with other things um, mm-hmm. also. But yeah, I, I thought the refs weren't sharp today. But like you said, you can't put the game in the hands of the ref. It shouldn't come down to that. The Ravens had plenty of opportunities to where they could have taken care of business on their own that late pass to zay flowers that lamar throws behind him yep. can't happen that late drop that isaiah likely has right yep. there to convert the first down can happen the king and drake fumble can't happen the oh giving up over a hundred yards on the ground it can't happen it's just two minutes. in the coaching blunders can't yep. happen
0: can't it, ha- it's, too much it's a, a
1: total team loss today Um, And I think a lot of people are so caught up in trying to blame one person, whether it's Lamar, whether it's the refs, whether it's Harbaugh. This is a this is about as total of a team loss as you'll find right here. So this is just one. Everybody kind of got to take on the chin. The Ravens, Ravens fans, because this isn't one that anybody had the Ravens losing when we looked at the schedule to start the year and they lose it. And now they got to go on the road. Uh, back-to-back division games against Cleveland and Pittsburgh, you just got to hope that they they get back on track. And look, nobody's going to feel sorry for them that they're losing guys every week. It's right. happening all around the league. They're going to face a Browns team next week that's lost their run. They're starting running back for the year. They do not care. They do not care. So the Ravens are going to have to find a way to get the guys that do get on the field, find a way to make them as productive as possible because Uh, I I just and honestly I don't even think the injuries is what cost them the game today. Again, I think it was just the losing plays that they put on themselves.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. And you know, it's a part of the the you know what's going on, but it's it's not a major part. At the end of the day, they still. Had enough plays. They still had some some, you know, situations. Like you said, the Colts were essentially trying to give them the win and they just did not take it. Um, I guess the silver lining of this is that, you know, I think many people thought that the Ravens would end up being two and one here anyway with a loss to Cincinnati and a win against the Colts. And I think that you have to that's the only positive that I can get from this. Right. It's like, well, you're uh, One and oh, so far against your division, as opposed to being oh and one against your division, and then you know, conference play, you're one and one. I would much rather be one and oh in the division as opposed to one and one with conference win and then a loss in the division. So, yes, you're right, they got two games against AFC North opponents coming up, but again, I think the silver lining Mm -hmm. is simply that everybody thought that they would be two and one going into Cleveland anyway, right? Um they blew the three and oh yes they should be three and oh but they are not and that's just where we are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Hey, that's, that's life in the NFL. You gotta move on. You know, you, you take this one, you go in the lab and if anything you you want a silver lining, you just gave one another one could be, you know, this this gets their awareness all the way up. They are they should be all the way locked in going to Cleveland uh now which is definitely a game that I'm sure they want to win but now there it's not like they'll be sleep walking into Cleveland right. coming off of a nice easy win against the Colts no they they the, the the best way to co- the coaches will tell you the best week of practice or the best week of coaching usually comes after a loss because guys are a lot more receptive to the coach and at that point they're seeing it on tape they're seeing their mistakes and and they're anxious to to try to fix it so you just hope that this is a more locked in football team uh against Cleveland because they didn't they didn't look like a sharp team to me in this coach loss
0: completely agree we'll talk more about this on the next episode um, of the podcast we want to thank you all for listening and joining us so from Cordell to me this is winning Drive.